Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Adventures on the Road podcast, brought to you by Overedger Outdoors. Check out the Overedger pack to make your camping a breeze. If you would like to know more about it, have a listen to episode 26. Now on this week's episode, we hear part two, all about the Outback Way, otherwise known as Australia's Longest Shortcut, from Laverton, Western Australia, through the Northern Territory to Winterton, Queensland. If you would like to hear part one, you'll find it in September, which is episode 28. Well, I'd like to welcome back to the Adventures on the Road podcast, Helen Lewis. So welcome back, Helen. Thanks, Shane. Great to be back. Good to be uh, doing the next section. Yeah. Now, before we get into it, talking about camping, there's something you wanted to add about people camping. Sure, that's right. So, I mean, and, you know, your listeners are, you know, the caravan and camping type. So I guess we're, we're very keen, the Outback Way are very keen on leave no trace and, and making sure that uh, people who are camping um, are really respecting the natural environment. Um, we really urge you to stay at... Uh, registered campgrounds because then the facilities are there to get rid of waste and things like that. We're having some unfortunate situations where people are leaving waste and, and um, you know, you know, human waste and, and toilet paper and everything um, in our landscape, which is not going to go well long term. So we really encourage everyone just to look up where the campgrounds are and there are some off-road you know off off to the side of the road you know registered campgrounds they, they say that you can camp there but if there is no sign of camping don't don't camp there you know you need to actually make sure that uh, you're camping where you're supposed to be camping and that's that's what we'd really like to encourage uh, travelers to do we pick up part two in the northern territory so then when you go through to uh Yulara, which is the community of um, of Karajuda and Uluru. Um, so Yulara is the community, and there you can obviously have you know all resort living, and and you, you can camp, you can you know take a cabin, you can have four star, five star, million star. You can you know, it's it's up to you. There's great restaurants, there's great cafes, it's a town centre that you can get things fixed. There's supplies so it's a really great place to sort of a destination to to middle you know to get to in the middle of the entire route so yeah and obviously there's there's so much to do also I think the there's so much to do in Uluru now and they've really enhanced the offering so you can do helicopter rides you can do camel rides around it you can segue around the rock you can walk around the rock you can you can do this. Um, they've got the beautiful light display, Bruce Munro, the Bruce Munro art installation, which is actually just all these solar-powered lights in the in the landscape that come on at dusk, and they offer this great kind of evening drinks package where you hop on a bus and you get taken there, and you can see the sunset over the over the rock, and then you can actually turn around and see all these lights light up, and it's it is magnificent, and it's a really great thing to do, and then you can also have the sounds of silence dinner, which is literally beautiful uh, a la carte dinner on sand dunes in the middle of nowhere. You've got great accommodation now with those beautiful large tents and glamping. So there's so much to do and so much on offer that uh, in in the centre and at uh, Ulara that uh, you can 
it would it really does satisfy many tastes and and many 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 travelers needs so certainly not uh, certainly worth having a look at and seeing all the tours that are available i do recommend you go do the tours because that you know they they do show you aspects of the um, of the area that you would otherwise not see if you just you know do your own tours so yeah and also getting to the rock early for sunset is worthwhile you know get down there sort of you know at least an hour before because everyone gets that information so everyone's there an hour before but <laughs> but you can sneak a park i mean i I've, I've always managed to get a park so you know it's always and i've probably been there maybe five or six times now so you kind of uh you can you can get a park and but i do recommend going early it's always good you know, it takes a bit of time to set up the snacks and the and the and the vino and things so all all very essential and also um it's different every time you know the this the the light the color everything and the um uluru always looks different and i think that's quite what's so unique about it every time it's a you know it's a different experience um, particularly if you can snag it when it's raining raining on the rock is uh, a pretty extraordinary <laughs> so that that's beautiful to see now i'm going to share something with you about the rock and rain i'm going back probably to 1976 yeah, well, i think it was i did a trip out to the rock and was there for sunset and our coach driver told us that you know because we were having seeing the sunset having dinner and then we were overnighting back to alice springs and he did say to us that we're going to have to keep on our toes because there is definitely rain coming and at that stage of course it wasn't mm. bitumen so of course we had to be you know mindful of that fact i've actually got <clears throat> this this will prove that it was way back in 76 it's a oh, slide yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> that i've got yeah. and you can actually see and i've got three shots in a row and you can actually see a rainbow oh, falling beside oh, the rock. wow it is just absolutely That's amazing yeah. i just happened to be time. there mm. at the mm. right time and no, but that, that and this is the thing. Like I mean, people you talk to um, always has have they always have their own their own story, and I think that's part of the majestic nature of Uluru. Everyone has their own story about their experience there. So, and it is it, you can feel you can feel the presence. You can feel the I don't know the magnitude of or uh, the, the energy around the around Uluru. Um, there's no doubt. There's there's uh, it's it's a different place. So it's a, and it's worth um, and it's. Yeah, you, yeah, it is, and it actually triggers triggers the the need to give it the respect it deserves. So yeah, it's um it's a very absolutely um, interesting place, and and people who visit, uh, I think, go home slightly different. So that's good. Yes, yes. So yes, look, I uh, think that then from Uluru, I, I I think there's some great things to see. My gosh, here we go. <laughs> so Uluru. You leave Uluru and about an hour away is Curtin Springs and it's a wayside inn which um, has a accommodation, a bar, full kitchen, you know, as in, you know, full meals. It's a roadhouse. There is just so much a working station. So the Severins have owned it for, for many years, um, over 60 years. They actually started the first tour business there when Mr. and Mrs. Severin started scones and tea. For people such as yourselves in 1976, who was uh, who were going out on bus, and you could pull up there and have scones and tea with the Severins, and that's actually that's a very early early day. And on our podcast, the Outback Way podcast, we've actually got a really great conversation with Lindy Severin 
and uh, she talks about the early days of the tourism um, of that business, which is really interesting. Now, I'm going to ask you a question here that hopefully you can answer. Did they at one stage have a bus on the side of the road that they'd converted into like a cafe kitchen could to well serve have. the... Yes, could well have. I don't know the details, but yes, I, I think could well have. Yep, yep. Because I, 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 I was a young child back then <coughs> uh, when I went out to Hairs Rock <laughs> and by memory, you're driving along the road and then all of a sudden there was this bus that had been converted mm. into a cafe to serve the tea and scones, as you said, and that was it. And they just had a few picnic or the old-fashioned picnic log yeah, tables and chairs around that you could sit sit down at and have your, your scones and tea. But, you know, you'd look around and you, there was nothing to see to the horizon. It was just, you know, it was it was really yeah, quirky. Yeah, that's right. So that's, um, yeah, so, and, that, and also now what has um, they've developed, which is exceptional and you've just got to do this, and that is the Curtain Springs Paper Tour. So what they are doing is they're making paper out of spinifex grass and they're converting it and they're actually making paper that that you can write on like it's just that whole paper making process but then they're actually turning that into jewelry and under resin so you can actually buy earrings and and artworks and sculptures and artworks framed artworks of this paper and that you can you know pendants and things like that so they are converting a spinifex grass into paper which is now being converted into jewelry and artworks it's it is extraordinary the re- resourcefulness wow. and, and just the innovation that has taken place and and Lindy and her daughter Amy are right on the the forefront of all that and i just really um, highly recommend that experience for for travelers because it's a it's a wonderful thing, and um, and Mount Connor is actually on their station as well. So they do do station walks. They you can stay at Curtin Springs for probably three or four days and have something to do every day. They have a lot going on. It's a working cattle station. They've got great stories about how they operate uh, sustainably. You can have a really great time there, and and I really recommend pulling up and and taking the time to immerse yourself in what they have to offer. Now I'm just going to you mentioned Mount Connor. Now, this again goes back to mm. this tour I did. A lot of people get confused when they're heading right, yeah. out that way. They see Mount Connor and they think, oh, look, there's Ayers Rock. No. But it's not. It's Mount Connor and it's not till you get a little bit closer that you realise, oh, no, yeah. hang on, that's not Ayers Rock. But, yeah, that's mm. that's interesting, isn't it? And, and it does look very similar yeah, well, from, from a distance. distance. It's a big rock. You could easily. <laughs> and if you have never seen Ayers yeah. Rock before, you know, besides obviously your pictures, yeah, and exactly. you, you just go, oh, hang on a moment, is it? No, it's not. So, but also, it's also very um, worthwhile mentioning that you know travellers need to be aware that you know Esrock to Alice Springs is three and a half, four hours away. So it's not, it's not just down. It's not right beside the town. A lot of people sometimes have that idea that it's just down the road. Yeah. but it's not. It's a, it's a good three, three and a half, four hours away. So from Curtin Springs, you can, you really have a choice. You can either go if you've got an off-road vehicle at the moment. We encourage people to have a look down the Red Centre Way, which is actually you turn left and you head towards Kings Canyon. So there's a lot to see down that road. 
And I'll, I'll walk you through that way as well because it takes you right around. It's, it's part of the Red Centre Way or Marini Loop, which links to Alice Springs. And it's about 140 k shorter or 100, you know, 100 or so k shorter, but it's actually, but a lot of it's gravel. So it's sealed between Curtin Springs and, so the Lassiter is now all sealed. So we've hit the seal. So way back when we, when we got into the National Park back after Kodoka River, we've hit the sealed road. So you're on sealed road now. And so it's sealed from Katajuda all the way through to Alice and now all the way through to Hearts Range. So we've got quite a big chunk of seal. But if you choose to do the Red Centre Way or the Marini Loop, you need to acknowledge that there's going to be some gravel um, from Kings Canyon through to Alice Springs. So if you've got an off-road van, I'll just quickly whiz you through that little route and then I'll come back onto the Lassiters. So if you go down the Marini Loop Red Centre Way, you'll get to Kings Creek Station, which has got helicopter rides, it's got it's got a full kind of um, takeaway kitchen. It's got cabins. It's got, you know, tent cabins, which are really quite comfy. It, it's also an operating station. But one of the things that I would really love to recommend is book into Kark, which is an Indigenous experience. And I tell you what, it is the most authentic Indigenous experience. You actually get to eat honey ants. You eat eat. It, witchetty grubs you get to understand how they grew how they created their first bit of bread and they ground ground all these seeds to make the flour and and then they also talk about their weapons and how interestingly the um the boomerang that has got a um the comeback boomerang was actually used in coastal areas and not in central australia because they um because in because you couldn't find it in the coastal areas so they they designed it to come back whereas in a central Australia, you can find things. You can go and, you know, you knock the kangaroo on the head so you can go and pick it up and keep going. So all these things is real. It was just a really authentic experience and I really recommend people uh, booking into Kark and they have two or three sessions a day. They take about an hour, an hour and a half, but you just simply immerse yourself in understanding central Australian Indigenous culture and, and how they found, where they find the witchetty grubs, where they find food, what food is good to eat, the bush foods, everything. It's just a really great experience. I think that's fantastic. Um, and, I mean, I must say I tried the witchetty grubs and they, sorry, the witchetty grubs taste a little nutty. Yes, I must admit I have tried witchetty grubs. So, yes, they do taste a little bit on the nutty side. And I, th- I think that's a great to be able to do something like that, to get in touch with the heritage that is part of our country. Yeah. That sounds like a great experience. Yeah, no, it is really good. And, and what's nice is it's, it's just really focused on the Central Australian way of life for the Indigenous culture. And I think that's um, really refreshing and, and very clear with a enormous amount of uh, integrity with it. So it's it's very very good. So the um and once you uh, head out further to Kings Canyon. So Kings Canyon is again a great walk. You can do a huge walk around the canyon, you can walk up the hill and then there's this amazing view and and everything and you can stay either five star, you can camp, you can do all sorts of things there. And then you can move on and you can there's a couple of ways you can go back to Alice. Like there's a the Marini Loop and then there's um, Red Centre Way. There's a couple of little loops. So there's, there's an inner route and an outer route. So depending on how adventurous you want to be, there's Glen Helen, there's Hermansburg, there's all these places. One of the places I'd like to talk about is Palm Valley. So this is definitely four-wheel drive and if you've got a van, you'll have to pull it up and, and leave it behind and just go into into Palm Valley in your four-wheel drive. But this is quite a 
a place that you wouldn't expect to find in Central Australia, um, and hence the name the Palm Valley, is that when you go in and you actually go into this valley, there's this um, mecca of palms, and it's just this like this tropical little microclimate, and it's a really interesting place. And it's certainly some serious four-wheel driving, so be, be be prepared for some decent rocks and things, and but be prepared for being inspired, I guess. And and it's uh, it's an awesome it's an awesome place to go and visit and then experience. So yeah, enjoy that. But then so then heading back into Alice, you've then got from on that road, you've got a variety of ways you can go. So that's I'll leave that up to you to have a look at the map and um, work that out for yourself. But those are the key areas that I would like. And I know Hermansburg also now offers some some afternoon teas and, and various things as well. So there's lots to see about Hermansburg. It's an old community, a mission community, and so that's also got a lot of history. You can go and have a look at that. And then Glen Helen's a sort of a homestead place where you can pull up, camp, and, and stay. Uh, so there's all those places along there that offer a variety of services and um, and experiences for people. So we go back to Curtin Springs. And, uh, and head to Alice that way. So this is the main sealed route. You will, um, from Curtin Springs, you really sort of, there's not much to stop it. There is a place called Mount Ebenezer, but there's nothing there at the moment. There was a roadhouse, an art gallery, which unfortunately has closed and is unlikely to reopen. But you can, you'll head, head to Eldunda, which is actually right at the turning of the Stewart Highway from Adelaide to Darwin. And then you're coming into that road from from Uluru uh, on the Lassiters. And so you the Earl Dunder has campground, full campground, bistro, all the things. So it's got a full suite of uh, of services for you if you want to pull up there and, and stay there too. And then, but also while you're there, further down the road, further south, and then you'd hang a left. Um, you can actually go into the geographical centre of Australia. So people might be interested in doing that. It's probably, I think it's only sort of like an hour away from Uldunda, if that, and you just head down down the Stewart, turn left to go to New Crown Station, and then you have to turn off that dirt road and you can head in and find um, the geographical centre of Australia, which, you know, it's a something to tick off your list. <laughs> um, Definitely a photo opportunity. Absolutely, yeah. Why, why, why wouldn't you do it if you're that close? Hi, I'm Katie from Overager Outdoors. If you struggle to find your camp kitchen supplies when camping, we have a better way. The Overager Pack from Overager Outdoors. Never rummage for those tongs or the salt and pepper again. The Overager Pack folds into an easy-to-pack in-store box and unfolds into a brilliant camp kitchen organiser in less than a minute. No more plastic boxes, everything you need, easy to find, every time. Find us at Overedger Outdoors on Facebook or Instagram to see some videos of the pack in action or go to overedger.com.au to get yours today. For listeners of the Adventures on the Road podcast, we're doing an exclusive price of $279 with free postage Australia-wide. Just use the coupon code AOTRPOD when you check out. Happy camping. So Eldunda right through to Alice, there's various, um, there's Stuart's Well with a camel farm uh, and so that's worth having a look at You can, and then you're sort of heading into Alice. So from there it's only about sort of two and a half hours from Eldunda to Alice and then um, it's, so you're almost two and a half, three hours. So you're not you're not far away from Alice. But Stuart's Well's got a, a good spot and, yeah, it has got a camel farm where you can go and ride a camel and have a look around the camel history of the area. So once you're in Alice, 
Um, we uh, there's obviously an abundance of things to do. It's a main centre. It's got everything you'd ever ever need really, and the there's obviously lots of things to see. Uh, lots of there's the School of the Air. There's there's the Bush Telegraph Station. There's the Desert Park. There's Olive Pink Botanical Gardens. There's and then of course there's all the tours from out of Alice. So I do recommend having a look at that tours. There's the Rainbow Valley. There's all the, all the gorges. So when you're coming in from, if you chose to come in from the other way on the dirt around the Red Centre Way or Marini Loop, you'll actually have the choice to go past the gorges, Ellery Big Hole and a few other water holes and things like that. So you might, and Stanley Chasm and things like that. So you might want to do that road or get to Alice and then just go out and adventure. But, yeah, certainly there's tour companies that offer those tours the Tourism Information Centre is right smack bang in the middle of the mall, the, the town centre, so you can go there and they can just provide you with all as much information as possible for all your exploration around the centre. The other area is, of course, the East Max. I mean, the West McDonnell Ranges always seems to get a lot of a bit of a rap, but the West McDonnell Ranges included Ross River Station, um, which is, again, a bistro sort of area where you can go out and you can camp and, and stay out there. And then you can sort of go bush if you want to and head up to the Plenty that way. And then there's uh, Trafina Gorge, which is lovely, and that's on the East McDonald Ranges. So it's on the east of the range rather than the than the uh, the west. And the what is really interesting when you go to drive into Alice is literally it's called the Gap, and it is the Gap. It's, it's a probably a 100-metre gap between the east and west McDonald Ranges, and that is the only road north-south. That's the only only actual vehicle access north-south. So wow. it is called the Gap for a reason, and, um, yeah, it's got the train line and the road and the river, <laughs> and that's it. Alice has got lots to offer, lots of accommodation, and, uh, and of course, lots of art galleries, and, and they've also got the Megafaunal Central. Now, that's great because it's actually taking the fossils from Alcuda Station, which is on the Plenty, and they've brought in those megafauna, which is the herbivores that they found out there. And so we're talking about big wombats, like, you, you know, bigger than people wombats, taller than people wombats, and grazing, grazing animals that were here past millennia. So I, um, I you know, if, particularly if you're travelling with kids, this is your start for a dinosaur adventure uh, because we link this megafauna in Central Australia and the herbivores through the Plesiosaurus at Bulia, which is the water, so from the inland sea, they have a full Plesiosaurus fossil, and then you head to Winton for more land-based dinosaurs and uh, and and those l- larger dinosaurs. So you've got you've got this great great sort of connection um, of of that the dinosaurs, and for kids and people interested in dinosaurs, this is going to be up your alley. Once you head out of Alice. I, you're turning about 70 k's out of Alice, you're turning right and you're heading on the Plenty Highway. The Plenty uh, takes you all the way through to Queensland. I would recommend you book into Gem Tree's Camp Oven Dinner. They tell a great story about the history of their family and why they are where they are and it's a great setting uh, and a great little campground and fuel and things like that. Then there's also Engawala, which is a little bit further on to your left and it's an Indigenous community but they have a great art centre. And this section of road, the Outback Way, is actually developing an outdoor art gallery. And so we have 28 artworks on 14 double-sided billboards that we're installing along the Plenty Highway from Gem Tree and um, Engawala right through to Atijara, which is Hearts Range. And it's about 100 and 170 k's of, of road. Um, and they're in sort of clumps on that route. It means you'll be able to stop 
and actually take photos and just see massive, massive artworks in the middle of nowhere. So it's going to be pretty significant and and spectacular. And then we've also got them bookended by mobile hotspots. So you can actually put your phone on the cradle and share what you see at the art in the in the art gallery um, with family and friends or um, your networks before and after or um, and, you know, at either end of the art gallery. So that's coming. We're still we're still in the process of installing of that, but hopefully by the season next year in 2021, that should be all up and running. We do have an online store at the moment, online gallery at the moment, and so people can actually see the artworks for this year's exhibition online on our website. But yeah, so that's we're developing that because we all we acknowledge there was quite a large road, like a long trip between Alice. Um, and then Bulia, with only a few stops in between, and uh, we wanted to actually create a place to stop or a reason to stop at these various communities. And so once you've and, – and then we we're still on the seal as well. So it's all sealed now right up to Atijara or Hearts Range and now just past Hearts Range. And next year there will be another 40-kilometre sealed as well. So we're getting closer to the, to the Northern Territory-Queensland border, um, which is, which is um, a great thing. There's some beautiful river crossings along the Plenty that you you know we'd be worth stopping and having a picnic at, and then Atidra also has an art gallery. You've got um, Javois Station, which has got fuel and snacks, and the Bonya community just further down the road also has a place to have a cuppa or and have a look down there as well. They're they're really happy to welcome guests and and visitors. And then you actually head to Tobamori, which has got uh, cabins and campgrounds and basic facilities. They don't really have a lot of food, so you need to, unless you want to have chips and chockey bars, but um, it might be worth um, being able to you know, have some food on board for yourself um, to cook up and, and have that. But you can stay there, and they do minor tyre repairs and things like that. And Tobamori is an operating station as well. And from Tobamori, you head into the Channel Country, which is spectacular country. It's just beautiful and you'll go through channels and then you'll head into Bullia. Of course, there's a mandatory border crossing picky stop where you can straddle the border as you do in Northern Territory WA as well. And then, but Bullia then has some great offerings. Uh, Bullia has, has a great Min Min centre. So there's this mysterious Min Min light and apparently it, you know, you don't find it, it finds you. So the the the, the beautiful kind of exhibition and, and show, the, the Min Min Encounter show that they have is well worth visiting and having a look at. It's, it's, it does get you thinking about why these lights appear on the horizon and, and in paddocks. And, 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 and the thing is, like, interestingly, people are still seeing them. So it's not something of the of the past. I know I remember the mayor telling me that, literally only about six months ago he said oh yeah I said I was I was away and uh oh no we, we called the neighbors over to for dinner and they um and so we thought they were coming we saw these lights coming and they never came and it was like they 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 came later but we thought they were coming earlier and they um the lights were the Min Min lights and they were on our road and yeah so it's just and so it's a, it's a recent it, you know, it happens recently as well. It's not just an old, oh, oh, an old story. It's actually something that uh, people ha- are seeing and witnessing, you know, now. So it's a really interesting time, and it's a, it's very thought provoking what they have put together at Bulia. I just want to tell you, hearing you talk about the Min Min lights, I've been to Bulia, been to the 
seen the midnight show, yes. But do you know, sitting there hearing you talk about the mayor and the men men lights, I got goosebumpy and I got the shivers. Because <laughs> right. until you've been out that way and seen and heard a bit more about it and start to understand that there is definitely something out there. Yes, I got a bit goosey. Yeah. Yep, yep. Sorry, no, that's I, a... I'm right now. I've got I've got rid of the goosebumps. We could carry Good. on. Now. Okay, great, excellent. Yeah, so um, and and Bulia has also got a great recreational centre, and where the Plesiosaurus is held is actually in their new um, heritage complex, which not only holds the Plesiosaurus fossil, but it actually has a whole tribute to their early uh, settlers and the you know earliest they've got this earliest house, which is a stone house, and it's got all the old. Um, you know, household items and and living living essentials, I guess, for the time. So it's also really worthwhile exploring and having a look at. So uh, that's uh, Buddha's got lots to offer. It's got a great golf course, um, and also it's got um, you, you, on your way to Buddha, you will actually go across the Georgina, which is a, a fairly famous, you know, it's a famous river, um, part of the famous river system of Australia, and uh, and it's got a beautiful lagoon you can stop at and have a look at as well. So the Georgina is a lovely, lovely place to pull up and have a have a picnic. Then when you head from Buddha to Winton, you are going right across some other channels, and you've got um, and it's quite a narrow road, so you do have to be careful. We are widening it. But, yes, there are some narrow sections and you've got to share it with road trains as well. So you've just got to be a bit careful and slow down. But it is sealed um, all the way. And now from, from the Northern Territory Queensland border to Bulia, 96 kilometres is gravel. The other um, 100, 100 Ks, so they've, yes, that's right, so there's 260 Ks. So, yes, so they've actually got, they've sealed 160 Ks. So, um, so you've only got about 96 Ks of dirt now. And and then you'll hit the bitumen, which is uh, pretty pretty lovely after after doing the um, the plenty. So that and that and look, the plenty also deteriorates quite quickly. So it can actually go to bull dust and corrugations pretty quickly. The, there's a lot of trucking movements on that road because there's connections between Queensland and Northern Territory. But you know, be mindful that um, an off-road vehicle and van is required for that section definitely at this point. So Bully to Winton, um, again, is pretty majestic. And then, of course, you get into the Cornpore Hills outside of Winton and there's all these jump-ups and these messes, so large, almost sandstone cliffs of on rocks and uh, ranges. And it, it just moves from being quite open plains at Bully right through to sort of rocky landscape into Winton. Um, and, again, there's some movie sites. A movie, there's a movie set on your right as you're travelling into Winton from some movies that have been set out there. And they have their annual film festival, usually in July every year. So they are becoming known for film and movie sets uh, location. And then Winton also, obviously, we've talked about the dinosaurs. They've got some great shops and very quirky little places and they've got um, haberdashery shops that have been there for generations and uh, offer absolutely everything you could possibly imagine in a shop. Anything that you thought you liked a long time ago, um, and you, it's sure to be there. Um, Old-fashioned, like you're likely to find it. It's great. And then uh, but the events at Winton are endless, so there's always something going on there. You've got beautiful pubs and then you've got the Winton Hotel. And so it's just there's, there's lots of really um, – and Tattersall's, Tattersall's and, and the um, North Gregory are lovely old pubs. North Gregory is, of course, where, we, where Walsing Matilda was first sung and presented – 
by Banjo Patterson, and the history there is yeah is is really um, is really good. It's the home to the Kranksky sisters, if anyone knows them, and they 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 have a house there that they uh, are doing up and putting it on as a bit of a a museum to the arts in in the bush. So um, you know it's really going to be quite spectacular, and. The Winton, Winton also has a really great water park as well, so they've opened up that. And, of course, I can't not mention the Walsing Matilda Centre. So there's a, a large, brand-new Walsing Matilda Centre. Unfortunately, it you know, burnt down about four or five five years ago now, and now they've rebuilt, and this has now been open. And um, it is also a, a wonderful tribute to uh, the, the bush and captures everything about the, the Walsing Matilda history and the history of, of the nation, really. So, yeah, look, I think there's there's lots of terrific things to do and see. All these towns have great events. They have really worth getting onto their calendars and having a look what's on. They've, you know, from films to, to, to opal festivals and they have the Outback Festival in Winton, which is every two years. They have the Dunny Race and all these interesting things. So, look, there's just endless amounts of out, Outback activities and events and when they can all start up again and roll out, then uh, your your, your travelling calendar will be full, I'm sure. Well, it's that time when we've got to wrap up our chat, Helen. It's been great having you on the podcast. Now, just before you go, I've heard something about a travel journal. Yes. Indeed. Thanks, Shane. Absolutely. So we are actually putting a travel journal out. It's going to be a, a, a book that you can write in um, and plan your trip. And also it's going to be a book that you can write and review your trip. So you'll actually have a chance to actually journal what you experienced, what you liked and all of those. And so it's a record of your journey through the heart of Australia on Australia's Longer Shortcuts. So that's going to be coming out in the coming months and so we're looking forward to for people having it having that it's going to be a a memento and something that you'll keep to actually keep memories of your trip rather than just an atlas of of maps and then in addition to that we support the trip with our podcast we support it with our app we have an outback way app that you can follow and we also have and with the app, you need to download every single tour. So there's an east to west app and there's a west to east app. Depending on which way you're heading, you need to download every single tour and there's 10 tours within each of those apps. And so you just go to Outback Way app and then you choose the route you're taking, choose the direction, then you go into that and then you download onto your phone. Because our app is run by GPS, it needs to be on your phone and your GPS turned on. And then what will happen is when you're traveling, you'll actually have um, notifications come up and it'll ping when you're coming close to something, a point of interest. And then you can decide in the car whether or not you turn off or not and have a look. So, But you do need to download every single tour onto your phone or device before you take off out of signal. Um, otherwise, it won't work. Okay. The other um, – we are also – the we have got about 50 lunchboxes planted right across the Outback Way on the world's longest geocache trail. So you can actually oh, have a yeah. handheld geoca- um, handheld GPS and we've, we provide you with the coordinates and you can go and find some treasure of your own. The idea is you have a, you know, put a trinket in and you take a trinket out and you can sign the book 
And if you're really excited, you can actually register as a geocacher at geocache.com and you can log your find of what you, what you found. So we've got quite a lot of boxes planted and at any given time anywhere in the world, like over a million people are geocaching. So it's quite it's quite extraordinary the number of people who are into, into it, but it is like a treasure hunt. So it's great for the kids. The kids might be interested in finding some little treasure. It, it's something, it just adds something else to the trip for people. We have, um, of course, the outdoor art galleries being installed, and um, I think that's probably um, the wrap, really. And of course, we are doing a new brochure. So if you're actually at the trade caravan shows next year, you'll notice that we've got a refreshed brochure uh, with information. One of the things I will mention in the travel journal, we've tried to keep it evergreen. So we have QR codes in the travel journal. So you actually scan the QR code and that will take you to the most relevant information on our website. So travel journal will stay current and all the dynamic information that changes will be current on our website. And your website address is? Outbackway.org.au. Now, your podcast. Yes. Tell us the name of the podcast and how often you do your episodes. Outback Way Podcast. It's very original. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Outback Way Podcast and you can find it on Google um, and also iTunes. Okay. And how often does that come out? It comes out every fortnight. Well, there's another podcast for me to start listening to. Helen, it's been great chatting with you. I'll see you sometime somewhere out on Australia's Longest Shortcut. That'll be great, Shane. Thank you and all the very best. And travel safely, everyone. Enjoy your trips. Well, that's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed our trek across the country. Thanks again to Overedger Outdoors for their support. Find them at overedger.com.au And if you are interested, get a discount code in episode 26. Please stay safe and happy. Until next month, I'm Shane. Have a safe journey, everyone. Music